0: my skin is black what you looking Masking at my
1: skin is black what you looking Masking at my skin is black, what you at? Is black. welcome to back. episode 55 of the black and fashion podcast um today i have with me mikaela vernell vernellian vernellian so sorry about what you said it's okay um, verallian <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm so sorry Miguel Varelia is a former accountant turned blogger, content creator, model, taste maker, and creative director who now resides in New York City. Born in Massachusetts, she's realized after several years in, in the corporate world that the 9 to 5 life was not for her and has not looked back ever since. 2019 was a big year. She collaborated with many global brands on social campaigns and was featured in publications such as BuzzFeed, Vogue, Man Repeller. Refinery29 and Essence. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I love that. We're going to unpack all of that. <laughs> Get into some little background and stuff like that. What I do want to start with is my like icebreaker segment where I just do like this or that and you just tell me which one you prefer over the other, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So my favorite one, mules or wedges? Um... Mules, one shoulder or a Bardot top. One shoulder. Side boob or under boob.
0: Ooh, side boob. Okay.
1: <laughs> depending <laughs> on the day, I think depending on the day for sure. Depending on the day for sure. A uh, skinny leg or wide leg.
0: Wide leg oh it's, yeah. right.
1: yes love it okay so uh, let's jump right on into the conversation um tell us a little bit about like your background oh wait before we go that let's do it's a look it's a look it's just like somebody in the media that you felt like slayed this week so i know it's hard to slay during our quarantine days but no uh, there's so still, many like they're coming through like on these posts like So who do you think slayed this week?
0: I feel like Michelle Obama is slaying. I literally was just watching Becoming on Netflix and it just launched this week. So I feel like- I watched it last night. Yeah. I think in terms of content, I think Michelle Obama is that person. I'm a Capricorn. She's a fellow Capricorn as well. Me too. Really? Yay. Capricorn. Hardworking, good lovers. Like, I think that um, Michelle Obama is that woman- and I'm so excited to just continue watching the full documentary, because literally from the beginning, I've already just started crying, just like seeing her story and like, just, yeah, so she's my, she's my sleigh person of the week.
1: Love that. It's funny, because I'm also from the south side of Chicago.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: I'm sure <laughs> she's I'm probably a like a
0: huge inspiration for you.
1: Yeah, it's a huge inspiration for me. Okay, so let's hop right on in. So let, why don't you tell us a little bit about, like, your background and, like, where you're from. Um, so
0: I'm originally from Massachusetts. Um, I guess we have the mutual friend, Lily. Um, I'm, we're both from Massachusetts, I guess. And then we have um, – I'm also of Caribbean descent. My parents are Haitian. Um, Dad also has family in Martinique and Brazil. And, um, yeah, overall, just like grew up in a Caribbean family, first generation, um, went to school for accounting and major information systems, worked at Pricewaterhouse, which is like a big four, then ended up in New York City at 22, then worked on Wall Street for a little bit for about three and a half years, quit that, and I've been full time working as a freelance for um, a freelancer for about a year now. And I've been able to do a lot of creative direction, content creation, influencer stuff and modeling as well. I recently got signed to Wilhelmina Models in um, January. So it's been some, yeah, it's been a few months now that I've been with them. And that's kind of my story, a long story. Long story, long, but long story, I guess, made it short.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) I was like, you summed it up really quick. Yeah, I summed it up. That's kind of like the key things that have been happening in my life for the last few years.
1: So, yeah. Gotcha. So, what would you say the fuel or like, was there like an event or something that happened that made you want to transition?
0: I've always been the person. So, I actually originally moved to New York for acting. Um, So that's what I'm going to be working on right now with Wilhelmina. Um, Obviously, because of this pandemic that's happening, things have been on a halt. but I've been still able to be blessed to still work on campaigns that I can do at home, which I'm happy for Wilhelmina. Shout out to them and my manager, Rachel, and Nick for, um, you know, doing that for me. Um, But yeah, acting was my main priority. So that's exactly, that's literally why I moved to New York. I was like, should I move to New York or should I move to California? but i was like i can't move to california right now just because my mom would have a heart attack um (laughs) um, but she was just like i feel like that would have been too far and i'm like coming from massachusetts i feel like new york would be the next best thing where i can still be creative find my outlet get to know myself and i think that new york is a little bit harsher and um more pressing than california and um I just thought that it would be a great place to kind of start and start my platform. And when I moved here, I was like, you know, I, I remember my boyfriend at the time, he was like, you know, babe, like you hate your job. You should just like go be a barista. And um, a, barista. Yeah, a barista, and that way you can go to auditions during the day. A lot of actors do do waitressing or barista work, and I'm just like, babe, you don't know me at all. I mean, hence why we're not together anymore. But I'm like, you don't <laughs> know me, and you don't know my family, because at this point, like, I went to school for all these years. Like, literally, you're in college for four and a half. Four, I went to school for four years straight, and then you graduate, and I'm not going to go be a barista after I went to school for accounting and management, I literally got two degrees and I'm going to go be a barista. And I didn't pay for the school. I was fortunate to have my parents pay for school and my mom is like, yeah, so I paid all these years for you to go be a barista. So I was like, okay, um, let me just go get a job. And then the first job I ended up getting, I started working for the government on Wall Street, which was a great job, great benefits. And um, I still worked my ass off to, during the weekends, make sure that I... Created content, because that's another thing I, I wasn't really sure about, which was what is creating content and how what is being a blogger? What is being an influencer? Because being an influencer is still somewhat of a new career occupation. Mm-hmm. And it's been like, you know, I guess pretty much since Instagram opened because there were YouTubers, there were bloggers, but even that I feel like wasn't really fully respected until now, right now, everyone was like, before everyone was asking why people were doing this and now everyone else is asking how. And I think that these are things that are, these are jobs that are a little bit more respected and um, which is a great thing, but I wasn't going into be, I wasn't going into it wanting to be any of those things. I was just like, I went to an audition this was when I was still working on Wall Street. I um during my lunch break, I went to an audition for Marshalls and I was so excited. I'm practicing my lines all night. And I'm just like, all right, I got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. Um, one of my first auditions um for commercial, and um I went in and they had asked me, you know, how many followers do I have? What's my Instagram account and this and that? And I was just like, hmm. Why does that even matter? This is so weird. Like, why are they asking me how many of my followers I have? And why does any of this matter? Because I'm an actor. Like, I'm, I've been practicing. I'm in acting school. I was at acting school at this place called HB Studios at the time. And I'm, like, I'm very happy and I'm serious to be here. But then they're asking me about things that I don't I don't really have. Like, I think, you know, on Instagram, I had, like, a regular Instagram account from, like, a 1,000 to 2,000 followers. Um, For a girl, you know, you're just posting your life or selfies or whatever, Um, Mm. which is not it's not a bad thing. But to be, I guess, like um, what I was looking to do is like get into the business um, with having no name or no experience as um, what they call green. um, It was just like, okay you need to have something that makes you, I guess, stand out or special. And I didn't have any of those things, but a dream. And to me, I think that makes you special is to like, not everyone dreams, you know, and thinks that their dreams can go into to be reality. So um, that's all I had was my dream. And that wasn't enough. So I was like, all right, now that I'm in New York, I'm getting to know different people. I'm just like, living in this new space and understanding what New York is, because New York reality is a whole different type of reality. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's very different. So I was like, okay, getting to know different people, um, didn't know what influencer was. I was like, but I met so many influencers. Um, no one really wanted to help me. Cause that that's another thing. Like, no, it's, it's hard to find someone that's interested in wanting to engage or help someone that, again like the casting director and the producers were like you know um what are your following what like things that don't that seem like they don't matter but when you're looking to get into this business suddenly do matter um Mm -hmm. yeah so it was hard but then you know as this Capricorn that I am I'm hardworking and I love to do my research and I kind of just did it on my own and I, I grew my following on my own just by being myself. My boyfriend, which was the same boyfriend at the time, we were both dancers and I would just post dancing videos. I started a blog and I, um, I always was told like, oh, Mika, you have great style, you dress nice. So I used that to my advantage from things that, people in my real life told me and I just started posting outfit photos while I'm dancing and made that like a whole thing like from dancing showing that I can have personality and and then I started like getting followers from that like just from like dancing in my blog and stuff like that um I stopped dancing for a little bit on on the gram because I was like focused on like wanting to be a little bit more serious I guess and the fashion world because I was trying to get into that as well um and then we as of lately like literally a month ago since we've been in quarantine I started dancing again which was fun which is fun but um yeah so that's basically kind of like how everything came about for me and to where I am now and like now that I'm starting to Willamina I'm hoping that um so far it's been really good but I'm hoping that I can start taking acting classes again where then I feel like through all these years, I've gotten way more experience and I've done so many different amazing campaigns that I could have only dreamed of. But like I said, a lot of people don't dream and I'm a big dreamer. So I think that a lot of my realities and things that I didn't even ask for came true and things that I wanted and I wrote in my, um, I guess, like my journal and my manifestation journal um, actually did happen and more
1: amazing i'm one of those uh journals journalists who I, I have currently now i'm doing six different ones mindfulness anxiety um resilience mm-hmm. love and relationships healing all of that um, i want to ask you when is your birthday january 5th is my birthday oh, I'm january 4th. oh wow so yeah we're,
0: pro- we're probably very much similar
1: very similar i have okay. a little cousin that, that her
0: birthday's january 4th she's the best
1: Yeah, I love that I was gonna say a lot of the stuff that you just kind of pretty much discussed was like my next couple of questions like you know as far as like the connections and what your biggest struggle was like starting out which you pretty much already hit on so I'm gonna move into like how do you make money as an influencer like do you have issues with people's budgets and stuff that's a really beautiful and specific question
0: because I think a lot of people don't talk about that as much as they kind of should um mm-hmm. well I I wouldn't say should People just don't talk about it. And it's like it's one of those things where as a influencer because it is somewhat of a it is an occupation right now for some people mm-hmm. cuz for me I'm able to do modeling and being able to creatively direct and different stuff outside of inf- outside of the influencer world but I know I have a lot of fellow friends that and inf- being an influencer is their full occupation. Um and mm-hmm. they make a lot of money. Like I Full disclosure, I mean, I left my accounting job, I was 26 years old, and I, as a 26-year-old, I think I was already at 72K as my salary, so I'll say Mm -hmm. that I've surpassed that plus. As an As a a full-time influencer, content creator and stuff, I've surpassed that already, and um, it's insane because pretty much to answer your question and make it short is how... Um, content creators, influencers, models, um, all these people get paid is through campaigns. So um, (laughs) I mean, most people will have their emails in their bio. And I like I say this for anyone that's listening, it doesn't matter how many followers you have, girl, like if you have like 50 followers, 80 followers, it doesn't even matter. If you see potential in yourself, add that freaking email to your bio i I'm effective mm-hmm. immediately because a lot of the times, especially I can speak to as a model, like a lot of companies aren't necessarily looking for followers. Sometimes they're looking for the look. So many gotcha. companies don't get me wrong, are looking for people that have followers and online presence so that they can get a dual package. So like I've done a I did a campaign last year for Macy's and that was a dual package. They hired me as a model and after and as a influencer, because I put, po- I had, I had um, within my contract to post one post on my um, grid about the launch of fall Macy's wear, and then I also had to go on set for fourteen hours to model and um, rehearse lines and do video and all that stuff. But that was all within my contract. So that that was what you call like a dual contract where they they use all of my abilities to do one mission, right? Instead of hiring a model and then having the influencer pay, they were like, all right, we want to use you because you can do all three um and for if you're just an influencer how you would necessarily get paid is similar except you're not going on set you are creating the content so you'll have companies like say for instance it's american eagle or something they have a campaign they have some new trousers coming out because you asked me trousers or skinnies um say for instance they have a denim denim line that they have it's going to be trousers it's going to be skinnies it's going to be Straight leg, it's gonna be all of them, but it's all it's the focus is all denim, and they want to, um, do denim. How to wear denim for spring? Cause right now we're in spring. How to wear denim for spring? For spring, um, while you're working from home, all right. Um, that can be challenging because you know not many people are wearing denim working from home, um, because right now everyone's focused on loungewear. But if that was their initiative, they the company doesn't want to back down on it. All right now they have someone um, who is either an influencer relations or social media manager. They are scouting out for people that they follow or don't follow, but they're looking to fit certain demographics, whether it's like they need a certain amount of people of color, meaning black, Latina, um, Asian, Mexican, whatever, like within that, or and then they need a certain amount of white people because they try to do as much as diversity as they want. Once they're done doing the searching, then you reach out, you get an email, they say, Hey, we have this new campaign that's happening. This is the details of the campaigns. Please share your rates. This is what we want from you. One story, one Instagram post. Um, um, yeah. And sometimes if the company is very organized, they'll be like, these are the rates that we have. This is our rate. And it's up to you to budget that. Or if you have a manager for them to budget the rates back and forth, or if they don't know, they ask you straight up, what are your rates? And then we can work from there. And then you respond and then you go back and forth. And once that happens, you find a rate, they send you a contract, you sign that contract, then they send you the clothes and or items, products or whatever, and then you shoot. And they usually also will always give you a brief so that they can tell you more specifically if your first time with working with the company, the background of the company. Um, and the brief, which is like a deck, will show you all of the information it's like a powerpoint where they show you all the information of this company if you never work with them they tell you when the company started this not blah 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 moving down the real things that you need to look at is the hashtags and the type of photos that they want you to take although they, they give you in the inspiration as long as you hit the marks they want you to be as creative as possible most companies are easier than others Um, and some are hard (laughs) to impress, but, um, they reach out to you for a reason as an influencer and a content creator. So it's up to you to create the content that you feel is the best content. And then as long as you hit the marks that they want, whether it's like as specific as like, I don't know, I had a a brand that I shot for this week. They want the box of the actual, um, product to be in the photo. So like there's small specifics like that, or if it's fashion, (sighs) They just like let you be free. You post it and then you send it to either your manager or the person who reached out to you. If you don't have a manager, you send it to them back for approval. And then once you get the approval from them, like, yes, this is great, um, you can post. And if you don't get approval, they'll probably fix it like your caption, where it's like, oh, you forgot to add this hashtag, or we don't really love this caption. We wanted, we want the focus to be like this. So at the end of the day, to sum this up, you are, most influencers now are creating a commercial-based um, uh, atmosphere on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on um, Pinterest, on any social media platform. These people are creating a commercial-based atmosphere where now, instead of you watching a commercial because a lot of people flip through commercials, you're now growing a liking for this specific individual, and now they're able to create Brand, they are able to create relationships with brands where then they can share those relationships with you. And if you like them, you buy it. If you don't, at least you know about it. So there's awareness and then there's actual return on investment, which is purchasing. Um, So that's pretty much how influencers make money from um, Instagram is through, you know, them being themselves creating and then people reaching out through their email, giving them, a possibility to be a part of a campaign. They say yay, they say nay. Um, if they say yay, then they negotiate the pricing and then they go from there, they get the brief and then, bang, then the campaign.
1: Makes sense. So would you say that um, like when you run a class, like I get them often, like those random messages like, oh, would you like to collab? Like we should actually look into that because I always think that it's like I don't know like junk I guess.
0: Um I guess what's the question exactly if it's junk if it's not? Like how do you
1: Like yeah cuz I feel like I see it often and then of course I see it like when you write under okay for instance okay I'll post a picture and I might tag where I got my outfit mm-hmm. from and then all of a sudden it is is in a lot of like likes and messages like let's collab and Oh those random that stuff like yeah you know but I, it only pops up um when you know like if I tag something I'm wearing or something like it's like they get a (laughs) notification or something and it's like these random these random like messages and comments and dms and I'm just like what is this shit you know we call them bots
0: um (laughs) those are bots but sometimes they might be real so I I always respond like email me and if I don't get an email from them then you're not you're not serious because one thing it's like i'm not gonna respond to like don't try to negotiate numbers with me through instagram like you can like i've i've had a lot of like huge companies too like big companies that you know of they'll do straight up dm mm-hmm. you and they'll be like hey we have this thing like i'm just like why are you dming like you could dm me to see if i'm interested that's fine but let's take this dm through from from a dm to an email because i think that's when you know the brand is a little bit more serious like we can't be talking numbers and cash and checks through the DM, like the DM, um, absolutely. I mean, no, but it goes down in the DM. Like it, the I've had so many different <laughs> companies that you know, if I if I want to work with them, I DM them and be like, hey, you know, I love this company. I want to work with you guys. Um, who's the best point of contact that I'd be able to speak to in order to kind of like work with you guys? Um, and then you know they'll respond. I've gotten a lot of texts from that. I've actually I recently interviewed someone that they had said their first biggest gig was from a DM that they sent on their own. And imagine if they didn't send it, all those thousands of dollars would have been not in their pocket. You know what I mean? So it's like outsourcing yourself to be able to um, hit people on the DMs. If you do feel like you want to work with that company or not, like don't hesitate because
1: closed mouths don't get fed. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. So I guess my next question would be like, how important do you feel um, it is that like designers and people who have products utilize influencers? Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's as important as they think it is,
0: right?
1: Because it would be, I guess you would put it into your branding and advertising budget for your brand. Yes. Maybe. No, yeah. I
0: think it's, yeah. it's as important as you think it is, because um, some influencers are now no longer just influencers. They're now celebrities. Right. So there's that. And mm-hmm. then there's people that are not willing to do certain things unless there's a budget, because I know some influencers that I like that or in general. Um, I think it's it's a lot of building relationships, like building relationships in this business is very, very, very important. Um, And I think that that's that sets you apart from a lot of other people, because someone like me and I know a lot of other influencers are always looking for um, the best thing. They want to be the first person. Like when I think about someone like Rihanna, who is a celebrity, who's a singer, who's an entertainer, businesswoman, entrepreneur, but she's also an influencer because she influences a lot of people to wear certain looks and gives you gives it to you how it is and. And when you speak about Viana, like she's also been someone who has worn a lot of designers clothes without getting paid for it. You know, she just wants to put those people on. And I know that she's always looking for people of color more specifically. And I know a lot of other influencers who aren't celebrities do the same thing where they're always looking for the next best thing because people want to look dope. People want to look dope in something that not everybody else is wearing. So I would say any advice Mm -hmm. to anyone that's a designer definitely reach out to people, show them your work first. Don't just say, Oh, I love your stuff. And I mean, I love you. And I love everything you're doing. Can you please wear this? But like, show me what you have first, and then you can go from there and build that relationship. And um, I know for a fact, a lot of people like will send things with like, there's like, send it with the hopes that they'll wear it. Um, but not being like, oh, well, pressing like, hey, I, I see you didn't post this, like what's going on. And I, I get that where it's like, you know, you either spend a lot of money on this material and you spend a lot of time sending it and or executing it to send them to, you know, when you're mailing stuff, it's a lot of money. But I think having no expectations doing it with the belief that your shit is that good to me is dope. And I would say advice is like, don't send your most expensive piece that goes into building that relationship. Definitely don't send them your most expensive piece, but send something that you think that they would still love where they would still post it. And then from there on, then you build that relationship You'd be like, oh, I love the way you styled this. And them themselves will probably get a lot of love on that photo or on that look. Then they'll want to build that relationship with you as well then you can go from there and then probably send them their most expensive piece where then you'll know that they'll end up posting it. Oh, it's all sense. it's like it's all about marketing. It's all about business like cuz all of this like as an influencer, you're not only you're a photographer, you're an editor, you're a creative director, you're a content creator. Your marketing, your PR, you're all of these things. Like anyone that is that you've seen that you might love on YouTube or on Instagram. Like these people before they get a manager, you're a manager, you're a negotiator, you're a PR person. You're they're putting themselves out there, but then the first email that they get to negotiate for themselves, they're managing it. You know, the first time they create an actual photo that looks like a shoot, you're a set designer. You know, you're a photographer. You're there. Those influencers, they're doing so much behind that one photo feed photo that you see there's so much that goes behind it before they actually upload it on instagram to be like can you share it which is why i think you know engagement is so important because that's another thing uh companies look for and they always ask for because once your photos once the photos up and you've already like gotten what you've gotten for the day which is engagement engagement meaning how many likes did you get how many uh comments did you get how many impressions reach because on a business account i'm not really sure how it looks on regular instagram but you'll see the reach and or impressions of um, your photo and how it did you know and you know sometimes it's thousands and you'll see all the thousands of impressions that you get but those things matter because companies always ask for your stats right after the campaign is once once you're done um. Once you're done posting, after twenty four hours has gone up, companies that you're on a campaign with will ask you, "Please
1: send me your stats." They want to know, so they want like a screenshot yep. of that's like the in, like the They inside. want all yeah. the insights. Wow. They need
0: all the stats. Who saw this post? Were you worth working with? Um. Pretty much, you know, because people buy a lot of shit. You know, right. like whether they're buying their followers or whatever. Um, people commenting, they have like people buy a lot of shit. So it's like, we want to see how many people saw this post. Because like I said, there's awareness, which is impressions. And then there is return on investment. Like when someone says, thank you so much. Um, I bought this because you said that you loved it, or it worked really well for me. But again, you won't know that until after, you know, which is why long-term partnerships are great because when you have a long-term partnership and you keep posting about the same thing over and over someone, you will see return on investment because someone will probably write, oh my God, I love this too. um, You know, I've been using it since you first posted about it a few months ago. Like that's return on investment, but you won't know that unless you have long-term partnership.
1: Right. Wow. This is very interesting. Very interesting yeah. industry. I mean, I'm being as detailed and very <laughs> honest and transparent. I'm glad you are because it's, I think it's very helpful because I feel like that we get a lot of, and I've, you know, I've discussed it on previous episodes because I didn't really know what it was. And I don't really feel like I understand, understood the concept behind the influence. And I was like, what is the influencer influencing? Like, and if you are going to use influencer, just make sure you are, I think I mentioned like, make sure you are looking at their stats, make sure it is, um you know, beneficial for you, but getting like an inside look and how in depth it is. I love it. Like, I feel like it's very informative and that it's going to really help people who are interested in, in either being a fashion influencer or interested in, like, working with one to have, like, more insight on exactly what it is mm-hmm. they're paying for or exactly what they're getting themselves into if they want to create a career yes, out of it. Yes, because
0: I think that a lot of the times yeah. people aren't very specific. They try to hide things mm-hmm. or they don't tell you the real tea just because um, we do live in a very competitive business and a lot of people wanting to keep things just to themselves because you know, they think that, you know, they should be the only one to get all the business or whatever. But I'm a strong believer. Mm. like Listen, there's more business to go around. Like we all going to get paid at the end of the day. There's so many campaigns. There's so many companies and that same company could have three, four campaigns running at the same time. Like you literally don't know. So like I am a big sharer, and I love telling people, you know, the real tea because it's not for everyone. Like, you know, if you're working on three, four different campaigns at the same time, you might not be able to manage that. That's a lot of work. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's more than, again, like I said, it's more than just posting a photo. It is a lot of work, a lot of work behind it.
1: So with that being said, let's talk about some of the campaigns that you've been a part of. Which one was your favorite? I think
0: H&M was probably my favorite campaign so far. Um Uh, and then I'll say Macy's, but my first favorite one was H&M because, um, that was the first time I was hired as a model. And that's kind of like how I ended up at Wilhelmina. And that was probably three months after I quit my job, my accounting job and H&M reached out to me and they said, um, they have a studio campaign, which studio is more of their higher end, um, it's more of their higher end, uh line that they come out and when m H&M reached out they said hey we we're student we're shooting our studio campaign and we want to send you out to Arizona to shoot this campaign and be a model for it and it's good a global campaign and I was just like uh this is crazy <laughs> and I was like right oh.
1: <laughs> you were a I was
0: actually I had a that same week that the campaign was happening it landed during a time that I just purchased tickets to go to um to to greece and i didn't end up going to greece because it was like go to greece or go shoot a global campaign with h&m as a model and i'm like okay greece will always be there so i want to try to do both i didn't end up doing both um i ended up just going to h&m um and they it was like a full global campaign there was like over 129 countries there um and i was representing the us and it was so dope and it was like probably the best experience i've ever had and the h&m team is always very specific on the people that they choose cuz there was only three people representing the us and i was one of them and um it was really cool to see you know my photos all on their website all everywhere on the app like everywhere it was literally everywhere and then i was just like this is so cool I really want to like do this more often. And like, that's kind of where I was like, cause I've always wanted to do modeling, but then right after H&M, I got hired to do modeling for Macy's where, um, that was a great experience. I would say just because I love Macy's and I got to do acting on that shoot as well as, mo- as well as just not modeling, but my mom loves Macy's. So I think that was the second best one just because my mom, um, really, really loves Macy's. <laughs> Asian people love Macy's and dogs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is great. And um, yeah, and I think I was able to do that because I am also an influencer and they found me through that. Because not inf- not every influencer models or wants to do modeling or acting or anything like that. Some people are just strictly on the internet, but I
1: think that for me, my platform mm-hmm. was
0: able to bring me to be able to do things that I've always wanted to do.
1: Wow, do so you feel like you're ever like boxed into any categories, and like have you ever faced like any you know backlash or racism since you've been doing? That's this? a good question. Um, not
0: really. I can't really say that I have. I think because my um my manager thinks that I'm like a chameleon, but uh I I think I kind of am that person where I'm able to kind of just do a lot of different things. Um, I know that a lot of friends that I do have feel the like that way, where they feel like they are boxed and they're either so stuck in just natural hair because that's how they grew their audience and they don't have anyone that's looking or checking for them for fashion or beauty because there is a lot of money on beauty because there, there's one thing to be a fashion um, influencer. <laughs> beauty is a whole nother check that, you know, I'm excited that I'm like, Lightly in the beauty world, and I've been able to get you know beauty campaigns because I love beauty. But um, like yeah, my my whole page is based on fashion, beauty, lifestyle. So I'm able to do all three, and a lot of people are just specifically beauty. Or you know, you have the Jackie Aina, who's like the guru of like beauty. You know, Jackie Aina has literally. Um, yeah a lot I of love, people her. love her and she's like she has amazing return on investment and she's been doing this for years and years and years and before it was even a thing she was killing it and she knew what she wanted and now she's like low-key a millionaire you know but she's like specifically beauty like I'm not checking to see what Jackie Aina is wearing and whether or not she looks cute or whatever in her nice like you know, bodycon dress, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I want that dress. Maybe it could be, but I'm really checking, like, how your makeup looking, where that hair is from. Can you tell me where those lashes are? What's your skincare routine? Like, what are you doing? Um, so that's what I check for when I'm thinking about her because she's, like, the beauty guru. And then there's people that are specifically that fashion person, you know, like, Song of Style. Like, she's, like, huge on fashion. Like, there's people that are specifically for that. And then there's people that are lifestyle, like they can do beauty, lifestyle and fashion. And I think that's where I fall because I'm not my goal isn't to be the next best influencer. My goal is to do acting and be able to still be an influencer with mine, um, with my life, like to to. And I used to hate the world, the word influencer as a whole. But now that it's actually a title of a thing, I'll, I'll use it. I just feel like for me, I'm a human being who wants to share my life with the world and positive energy, who just so happens to have some type of influence. And that's what makes me an influencer, not because I'm looking to influence you with everything that I do.
1: Hmm, Makes sense. Okay. I like that. What would you say, like, as far as, like... um... The trends are like for this summer. Actually, you know what? Let's just back it up one second. I have another segment. It's called mm-hmm. Is a Success or mm-hmm. Is a Disaster? Um, and it's basically, I just want you to tell us about a time where you have worked with a client, you know, and, you know, it was a complete disaster. But it turned this in a, into a success and maybe it helped you develop a practice or procedure or something that you do in your business like today. But it took you going through something like this with a client for you to realize that you might need to change up your business structure a little bit.
0: Question and it goes in a little bit, I guess, to what you had asked me earlier about um, have I ever kind of like felt any, I guess, racism or something or disparity within being like a black woman um there was a campaign that I worked on where um it was again I was doing a dual thing where they hired me as a model and I was on set for like I think that day was like 15 hours or something because that's another thing people don't talk about like when you're doing modeling or when you're doing acting you're on that set for a while like they feed you there's great you know craft or whatever but um you're on there for a while And (laughs) it's very long days, long nights usually starts, you know, five in the morning, you wake up, they send you a car, which is all cute or whatever. But then when you're on set, they expect you to work and you're shooting, you're changing your makeup multiple times. They're doing your hair. Um, Long story short, this was for a really, really big, big lingerie brand. And um, they were they're very white brand though you know and this was before rihanna had savage fancy but she even used to wear them a lot in her videos or whatever and um i was so excited to work for them because they're it's such a huge brand however um when i get on set my i have really big curly hair and the while i'm on set they were like you know we want her hair it's too big um we need it to we need we need to control it there's like we need to control it and we need it a little bit we need it to simmer down and at first like the I didn't realize this language was um I knew that the language was a problem once I heard it but I didn't realize what they were doing to me while I was on set because they kept trying to the hairstyles kept trying to do some weird shit with my hair excuse my language but they kept trying to do some like weird stuff mm. with my hair, and I was like, "What are you doing? Like this is ugly. Like I don't <laughs> want my hair like this. Like <laughs> if you want me to wet it, like my hair obviously can get really puffy when it's dry. Like um, I'm like, if you want me to wet my hair so it could be a little bit more tame, like what whatever. Th- so that was the word they used. They wanted tame and calm. If you want me to wet my hair, where it could be- yeah." Tame and calm. Those are the specific words they use. Mm. Like if they wanted my hair to be a little bit more looser, because like my hair is really curly, but like when you wet it, it gets even it lays down a little bit more. So if like if you want me to wet my hair where it lays down, like just wet my hair. But again, because you don't have the you don't have hairstylists who know how to do hair for black women on set, that's problematic. And then you're using words like tame and calm to speak about my hair because I had said something because there was this one girl she was Latina and she she wasn't the main woman doing my hair she was the assistant and she's was, I, was, I had asked I was like why are they doing this in my hair she's like oh well I don't know let me ask so then she asked the main hairstylist and the main hairstylist was a white guy I think and he had said um Oh, well, the owner was talking about her hair and they said that they wanted her hair to be a little bit more calm and a bit more tamed. And um, I thought that was really those that those words alone were very to me, those are racial um words that, you know, you're saying my hair is not tame. My hair is not calm. You hired me. With my look, you know, my look, you hired me knowing who I was, you knew that I had natural hair, you knew that my hair is curly, you knew that my hair gets big, or maybe you don't know, because, you know, you don't know how to do black hair, where it's like, when you wet your hair, your hair is a little bit more laying down, because my hair is longer, but when it dries, it definitely gets bigger. So if you don't know how to do black hair, and you know, you're going to have a black model on set. Hire someone who can do black hair. So um, I think that was the biggest struggle that I went through. I think the hardship and what I learned from that was speak up for myself and make sure Mm -hmm. that um, I say something when I feel something rather than being silent and not saying anything and being internally upset. Because I've already signed this contract and I have the check. And at that time, I had a different manager. But now I feel like the management that I have now, like, Willamina will definitely fight for that and say something if I tell them that I'm very uncomfortable and I want to leave or I'm uncomfortable and please make sure that they have such and such on set before I even get there. Um, and that's, like, speaking up for yourself. Because before, I think that I was still very new. This was about last – this was, like, last summer. And I, I was just like a few months in of being freelance. And this was like just my, I think at that time, my third or second model gig, it was my second model gig. I had just signed for Macy's, but I didn't shoot with Macy's yet, but this was my second model gig. And I was just so happy to be there. And I didn't know necessarily the voice that I could have had if I actually said something.
1: That makes sense. Wow. I'm so glad you spoke. I feel like that we get put in places sometimes. When we are just so grateful to be there that yep. sometimes we just lose our voice. And we should never lose our voice just because, but we're in that place yep. for a reason because we've worked hard, you know, to be in that place. So when you get there, don't feel like they're the prize. Yep. Like you are My, the prize, well, I have a know? friend that always says for that course. they
0: need you more than you need them. Um, and that's usually the exactly. case because even for that specific campaign, Literally, I stuck out like a sore thumb. They literally had five people um, for this campaign. And out of the five people, I was the only Black person. Everyone else was white. They had a mixed girl who was, like, white and Asian. But she swears that she's more white than anything. So um, it was just, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know. And she, she looks mixed, but she could pass, I guess. So I was the only one that was just, like, the one black girl, um, which I didn't mind being because I actually really did like the company and their stuff is really comfortable. The only problem with that, it was just like that specific time. It was just like you need your hair to be tamed and calm and blah blah. blah.
1: Nice. Yeah, they just did not know. What we're and the hairstylist, I don't think you know <laughs> he was supposed to say that in front of me,
0: but he 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 fucked up. Yeah. So. That's one
1: clearly. <laughs> Lord, yeah, Just like, <laughs> say whatever they want. Alright, so as far as the fashion world, with summer coming up, what are like three items you think that everyone needs in her closet, and maybe even coincide that with like, what you feel the trend? So I'm are.
0: not a big trend person, but I feel like I'm more of a trendsetter, I just like wear whatever I want, but I do think that, yeah, I think that it's just yeah. like, how you feel, right? You're supposed to it's like however you feel like you know as women we we wake up we have our moods we have our our days and i'm not that type of person that's like why wow, you wearing that like that's not trendy like what are you what are you doing um i'm not that girl but i am the person who i think that I observe on like what's happening right now, loungewear is huge. So it's going to be big for a really long time with us working from home. If not, you're, even if you're not working from home, a lot of comfortability is very big right now. So like lose two sets. I, I, I love pairing. I love um, anything that's like a, a set, you know, top and bottom, which means
1: Hello. Oh shoot. Okay, Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Sorry, you so broke out just a little bit. I called you. That last sorry. Part. Um. But yeah. I oh, know A worries. lot of two pieces, um, are really really big for me. I think that um, you don't have to look for um, a pair of jeans that can match or skirt. It's like two pair, two two piece sets like are are really big right now and um. A lot of comfortable they have these uggs that are big but uggs and um teva are making and a lot of other companies are making duplicates of them like fast fashion brands such as you know the fashion overs which i don't really know you with fashion over anything but they are the fashion the fashion novas the Boohoo's, the nasty gals the um H and M's, the Faro so a lot of fast fashion brands have copied those those slippers. They're like slippers that you can. They're like slippers you can wear at home, but slippers you can wear out is a big um, trend right now. Um, and UGGs has kind of been the originator of those. Um, so yeah, I think those are the the biggest things that I've been seeing. A lot of wide leg, like seventies, right now. We're we're in the decade of the seventies. A lot of wide leg. Um, everything because wide leg brings comfortability um to your legs to your body um so yeah that's kind of like the trends I've been kind of seeing
1: nice nice love that love that so I just feel like you've accomplished so much thus far what can we expect to see from you like within the next you know five years Uh,
0: that's a big question I think for for the next five years I'm going to be working on doing a lot of videos so I have a video series that's out right now that is, you know, I've been doing a lot of Instagram lives where I am actually interviewing all media people, where it's like people that are influencers, people that are in the actual media, people that are doing different things. So I've been doing that to kind of inspire people back home so that when quarantine is over, they have somewhat of a kind of resource to look back at and listen to people that inspires me with hopes to inspire them. Um, Where for me, I'm looking to do all things video and hopefully I get into the acting world and I'll still be doing, you know, modeling and influencer stuff, but I really want to do more video. And that's kind of like where I'm interested in showing my personality a bit more, sharing a little bit more, Um, because with acting and video stuff, like you are sharing more of who you are. So I think for me, that's my next big, my next big thing.
1: I, I actually need to work on that because everyone keeps asking me to start a YouTube channel and I'm just like, it That's is a lot of work, work. Um, it's it's a lot of work but
0: you do show <sighs> personality more if you don't want to do YouTube you could just you know try to do igtv with it.
1: You see, like, and my thing is, I already, I don't know if Lily told you a lot about me, like I, like, I do have this podcast, you know, for education in the world, but I have a, mm-hmm. a consulting company. So, mm-hmm. I make, I help designers bring their visions to life. So, I do product development. I do pattern making, samples, fabric sources. I do manufacturing. And I have, like, a, I have about oh, six or wow. seven clients That's right nice. now, you know, and I have a, you know, a pretty big my team is pretty small, you know. It's only five of us, you know. So it's just like trying to manage out all of these different clients and making sure that I'm, you know, my thing is I bring mm-hmm. your visions to your dreams to life. So if you want a tracksuit line, you want a swimwear line, like I have been. I've been working on so many lines simultaneously during this time, and I teach. So in between that, I'm a teacher. I teach pattern making. I teach sewing. I teach production logistics. So between the classes, the consultations, the clients, like I have my own clothing brand as well. I was like, when am I gonna have time to do a YouTube channel? Like I'm already well. I think to get it, it. It's, it's it's all and be I have a YouTube it, right? It's all it's all worth it. I actually, I
0: mean, I interviewed a friend of mine. Her name is Maricia Joseph. Um just this Friday, um, that's someone that you can look into. It's probably, if you look on my Instagram, you'll see her stories. You can see her, Mauricia. You'll see, Maricia. if you go on my Instagram, you'll see interviews and she's a part of my interviews. And I just interviewed her on Friday, but she is a PR person. She has a story where, <laughs> she's here. She sharing her story right now. She's working for Uggs. Um, she's a global associate PR mm-hmm. person for Uggs. Uh, which is under Decker, which is under wow. Decker's um, and they own Uggs and Tivia and all those other brand, big brands. Um, but prior to that, she was at ASOS. And prior to that, she was at this company called Black Frame where she represented, They she had Open Ceremony and um, Melissa Shoes and like so many other places. And she, she shares her story. Uh, but maybe someone like that could, I feel like you should definitely connect with because um, she's someone that could, because she does freelance, as well where she does PR for other smaller um, brands that are just starting outside of her job um that she has now so definitely 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 connect with her
1: yeah. you know what's um, great? Lily's my PR girl <laughs> oh Lili's wow my PR girl too well she she's yeah that's what Lily does she does oh, it. she wow. does it for all well, five she's of my brands great because she's yeah. on here <laughs> yeah she does all of our yeah, I'm like, yeah, exactly. She does all of this. She does the podcast. She does the consulting. She does the branding for the brand. Like she does a lot of that stuff. So I'm not trying to do the marketing thing on my own, but it's just like I guess like just finding the time to like shoot these videos. When Lily does come, we might do like five videos in one oh! day. And it's just <laughs> but because <laughs> she makes me keep changing my shirt and just making me keep doing no, videos, but I'm like, I am tired. Though,
0: and she's great. She I didn't is.
1: even know Lily did she really oh, is. I knew just, that. I, I didn't even know what she did. I, I
0: honestly
1: don't even know. Yeah, she does. So she's basically my brand manager. So she does all of the content creation for Elsie Apparel Consultant, for Collier Ava Team, for this podcast. She gets the PR for the podcast. Um, And she gets, you know, like guests on, helps with sponsorship. Um, She books me for different things, That's like amazing. speaking engagements and stuff like that. So, yeah, she does. She does a lot. She's my like. She's my brand manager. All my photo shoots and stuff like that, like on my business pages and stuff, all are like from her creative direction and her. That's amazing. And from her eye. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's what she she does. Brand management. So she does like a little bit of everything. You know, as far as like the digital marketing goes, the PR aspect of it as well. Oh, no, that's Only, yeah, great. She does a lot for me, and she was- she's on it. <laughs> Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's very like boom, boom, boom. Like she already has made like completely done, like down, down all the campaigns that's what's happening, you know. Uh, of course trying to grow this audience because to me this is the one that like you know people trying to still get mm-hmm. people like in the podcast way because it's this is episode 55 so I've been doing this for a couple years and all the information is there um but I find that people aren't you know utilizing it and I have had you know many stylists and fashion law and really trying to give them the core of the entire fashion business which this is the first time I did an interview with like an influencer that has like as much experience and like inside is you so this was like absolutely great but i'm just like just like you're yeah. trying to put out the information and just trying to like help people you know and i just want this podcast to continue to grow um right now we have four sponsors all black owned businesses but you know i want to get more and i want to just keep putting it out there and promoting you know buying black and the black dollar you no know, that's a black fashion movement. that makes me really happy and I, I i like you said
0: getting the information out yeah. there because i think a, a lot of times one of the biggest things that people don't know it's like there's such amazing creators out there yourself as one of them um but like people just don't know about them yet you know it's that's the thing it's like Mm -hmm. the the content is is great the relationship is great but it's just like people just don't know them yet and it's up to us to you know never give up like making sure you never give up and making sure that you continue to go um as far as you can go just because you never know what can happen. It just takes that one time. And that's what I tell myself every day because I'm still working, I'm still grinding, I'm still hustling, and I'm still growing to try to be the best person that I can be. Um, and it's going to take that one chance to, you know, that one Netflix show I get on, that one <laughs> that one time. Right?
1: I'm back. My business coach has me writing a book right now. And then I came up with one of my book mm-hmm. titles as The Stitch Life. And she said, oh, no, we're doing yes. a TV show. That sounds like a TV show. We're going to circle back to that. And I'm no, like, oh, honestly, God. It's,
0: you have <laughs> so to think bigger this. than better.
1: But oh. a book is
0: also really great, too. Yeah. I mean, I love books.
1: book. Yeah, I was like, ooh, it's a lot of different stuff here. But OK. <laughs> That's why I was like, I got to find the time. I'm just trying the to manage out my yeah. time as best as I can. Yeah, that's the struggle. over it was great speaking to you. Um, if you have any like muses or articles or anything that you just want to throw out there that you want people to just kind of look at and follow, and as, as well as throw out your um, social media also pages my as well. Media page as well mm-hmm. as my most
0: recent um work that I did as a creative director, which was featured on Teen Vogue. Um, I creatively directed a uh, um a full um editorial for a documentary called black girl church Um, it's a documentary that is an award-winning documentary that um, is all about the experience of the black woman and the beauty supply store and it's an amazing documentary um created by a friend of mine named audrey williams um it's it's beautiful and i was honored to be able to creatively direct that um editorial for them and the link is in my bio it was featured um on Teen Vogue Teen Vogue was able to pick it up and that was the first sight of it and I'm very very proud of that and that was my first like big job as a creative director where I wasn't the actual muse it was the woman that were a part of the cast so that is something that I'm really proud of and my social media thank you
1: my, social media is my
0: name micaela Verlien, m-i-c-a-e-l-a last name v-e-r-r-e-l-i-e-n if you put in micaela the first and you put v i'll come up um i know my name is difficult but it's worth it because we are one of one i think that is
1: the one i don't think there's Absolutely. anyone with my crazy last french name <laughs> um Yeah, my name. No one can find mine. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's me. And I am here
0: with any questions. You can always DM me and ask me anything and I'm open to answer always.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you and I appreciate you being super duper detail about everything and I really, really hope that this, you know, sticks with someone and someone goes back and uh, uh, yes, rewinds yes, and takes please. notes. <laughs> perfect. So as I always say, stay black. Peace out. Thank you so much, McKayla. I'll definitely shoot yes, it over please, to please, you when I it's ready to, to go, me. okay? Thank you All right. too, bye. All right, perfect. My
0: skin is black. My skin is black. What you
1: looking Masking at? My skin is black. What you looking Masking at? My skin is black. What you looking at?